Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the burden of but, and that is one T, not two, because you know what? We get these buts all the time. Well, I'd like to but, or this is a great idea, but, and it's interesting because Kirk and I, in our partnership, uh, we have some very, very different perspectives on the world, even though that I think Kirk uh, has uh, a mixture of some things. Uh, but one of the things that he does is based off of this test that he took a, a number of years ago called the Hartman Value Profile. And here's the thing, everybody. You're going to see yourself in what Kirk's going to talk about right now. So, Kirk, let's talk about and begin the podcast with this Hartman Value Profile, and then we'll dive into the butts. I don't want to get into much detail about it, but I think what the profile suggests, I think a lot of people can identify to a degree with. How the assessment, what it basically told me was that when I see an opportunity, I think like way ahead of it and I work backwards to find a way for it not to work. So I think about all the things that need to happen to launch that and to get the outcomes you want from whatever it is. So I start thinking about all the things that need to happen. Everybody has their own thing. Some people are perfectionists. Some people are uh, controlling. For me, I just want to understand what it looks like. But as I work back and I start thinking about things that I think may be difficult to implement for whatever reason, there ends up being buts. And I understand and have for some time how I internally need to overcome that. And I seem to have gotten on a roll where it's not as big a problem for me. But I think earlier in my career, when in my business, it definitely was. So you know, what we're talking about here, you know, there's a lot of buts that come up, not necessarily in all the conversations we have, because we have a lot of, you know, people who are doing stuff just because you're not doing stuff with us as an example, or doing, you know, there's still a lot of things that you're doing in your business, but buts come up a lot. And I think they can be a massive burden on people. I think they, they weigh on you because we were talking just before we get on here that saying no to something can be really empowering, but saying no sometimes is just pushing off a decision that you really need to make sooner than later. So that can be a huge burden. And choosing not to take action on something is a choice. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, especially when it comes to marketing, which is really frustrating because a lot of people realize that they truly need to market. They need to market in a very efficient manner, but they don't. And Kirk, one of the things that you do that's very beneficial, especially when you're problem solving stuff for our existing clients, is this butt system that you have is on overdrive and you can turn it up. When you really need to hyperanalyze something, you have the ability to increase the butts or increase this analytical part, which is why I said to our audience that they're going to resonate with this very, very well, because really this is what makes a, a great financial services professional or really an expertise business owner is being able to make sure that they understand what the butts are, but hopefully they can get past them, which is what we're going to talk about here. Now you have 11 butts listed here and... I'm in, in the first section alone. Yeah, in the first <laughs> then section. Some alone. more later. Yeah, and then, and then we've got uh, uh, more. We've got 12 through 15 that happen after you say, I'm going to kick the butt in its butt and get it out of here. 
which is something I used to say as a coach all the time. There's just, layers of butts. There's let's, lots of butts. Let's put it that way. There's tears. Yes. Cheeks. Yes, there are different cheeks. All right. Let's talk about the first one, which is time. Now, we hear this one pretty much more than any of the other butts. So what do you think about time as a butt? Well, I, like anything, you there are certain things in your business that you can't say you don't have time for. I mean, you can say it, but they're going to have a significant impact on your business in some cases, in other cases, less significant, but you got to figure out if you're saying you don't have time for something, if it's critical to your business, then that's not a valid excuse. It's not a good, but right. It's going to really hurt you. So that's one of the reasons I think that it's such a good idea to have a business plan. It helps you organize the criticalness or the importance of everything that needs to get done. So you can evaluate your butts. <laughs> you know, I used to hear all the time that, you know, my advisors would be running around and they, they're like, Matt, my hair's always on fire. I'm always putting fires out. And it's because they never gave themselves the time to get in front of the things uh, that they needed to get in front of, or <laughs> they would have all of these other butts and they wouldn't realize that there are a combination of butts that make it so that they're always having to put fires out. Yeah. That's been a huge part of us building our company mm -hmm. is, is finding points in every relationship that we have, or even just how we run our business where something's going to fall down or there's going to be a gap and it's going to cause friction mm -hmm. or, and planning ahead. And sometimes you, you obviously, you're never going to plan, get out, figure everything out when you first draft your processes, your protocols or your onboarding systems or your review systems, whatever it is you're doing as a financial advisor. But if you can get ahead of it, like you're saying, it'd be a huge impact. So time, time is a very frequent, but that's going to come up in your world. And you got to figure out what you can reasonably feel comfortable saying no to. I really don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. And we've got some solutions. If that, if that, if, if you really don't have time for something that's really important, you have to find a solution to not having time for it. Yeah. And in some cases that might be, well, there is no time. So there are solutions and we'll talk about that a little later. Well, let's move on to the second one, which is money, which is surprisingly enough is uh, number two on the list. And I probably think this is something that not only have you heard over the years and years that you've been in this business, but we used to hear this all the time as a coach, because one of the things that you can do when, when you don't have enough time is, well, you can outsource or you can hire somebody who's going to take that burden off of your plate. And then it's almost an immediate, well, here's another but. So talk yeah. about money. Yeah. So if you don't, you know, but I don't have the kind of budget right now, that kind of budget. So whatever you're doing, th this is funny. The easier, if something's inexpensive, it seems so much easier to say yes to. Mm -hmm. But what does that really mean? Like, is everything cheap? The only stuff that's good? Not, not typically, right? Does that make any sense? Does make sense. So the stuff that we've regarding money that seems easy to say yes to is the small stuff. Is the small stuff making the impact? We're saying all these yeses. It's funny because everything just wraps around. In my mind, it's all one big butt. It is a big butt. It's I a like big butt butts, I can't deny. You must know the words of that song. Of course I do. Yes. There's, I'm talking about small butts here, right? There's so many of them. I mean, the big butts hap happen. You yeah. have to, you really got to address those mm -hmm. and they happen all the time. Anyway, let's move past. Money. 
I just want to touch on something very quickly because there was this very interesting poverty study that uh, came out a little while ago, and they were talking about how people who are in poverty end up because of their impoverished. And and I, this is for business too. If you don't spend the appropriate money on the things that you need, like for instance. You know, if you can't afford good shoes, then you're going to end up having back problems later. If you can't afford a good car, you're always going to have to repair the car. And what we're talking about here with money is the same thing. If you don't make the right investment with the right quality, you're going to end up paying for it double or triple later down the road. And but in the sales role that I'm in here, I hear that all the time. You know, Matt, well, I was trying to save a little bit of money, so I spent five thousand dollars to totally redo my website, and my website sucks now. Yep. So now you're going to have to spend $15,000 in total to get your website right. It's it's this idea that, oh, well, I'm not going to spend as much as I know I should to get a high quality product. And that makes very little sense to me. And it makes even more, or um, it frustrates me even more in our industry here because financial advisors and insurance agents uh, hate price objections because they realize what they're providing to their clients is so valuable that there shouldn't be a price objection, but they just don't look in the mirror when they're making their own decisions when it comes to business. Yeah. Just to clarify, I just uttered the words, the lyrics of a song by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Just in case anybody doesn't know that I like big butts was actually lyrics in a song before if I start getting that, some mail, no some weird mail been for a really long time. All right. Let's, so Sir Mix-a-Lot had an enormous amount of talent, by the way, even though he's a one hit wonder and that's number three on the butts. So let's talk about talent. What, what do you mean by this being a butt? Ooh, this is a big one. It, and if you've got, geez, oh, I'm just killing myself with that song now. Talent is really, it's really hard to understand how much talent there is out there. You can find it and, and it's, and it can be really affordable, but the, the, but is, I I don't know who will do that in my company. And it's, it's, it's okay. If nobody in your company can do it, it really is. It doesn't mean it's not a big problem. So I said, it's a big, butt. it feels like a big, butt, but it's not really. There's so much talent. We're in 2020 here. You don't have to have the talent butt in a seat in your office. Get talent globally. We have a graphic designer who works for us in the Philippines. We have a, an audio editing person in South Africa. Most of the, the, the rest of our people are, are in North America, but you can find talent. It's not that complicated. Who will do what is critical to success. And for many of you, there's no good who. You don't have the who. So you got to go figure it out. And the other thing is, is, and I'm kind of getting to part of the conversation later on is, is you don't have to hire people full time. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to commit much to them at all to find talent. You can hire talent for a very brief stints. Project work. Oh my goodness gracious. There are some broker dealers. A, a friend of mine is a, an advisor here in town and, and Cambridge is his broker dealer. And I know this is not just a Cambridge thing, it's a all over the place thing, but they've got uh, internal people who can handle most of the paperwork for transfers and opening new accounts because they're home office people and they know exactly what to do. He basically uses this person like 20 hours a month and she doesn't make mistakes because you know she's the person at the home office who's done it. That's the sort of stuff that Kirk and I are talking about. You can outsource 
it, and it's you don't even have to look far. All you have to do is be willing, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but be willing to do it, and you will be really, really surprised. Even, Kirk, we've had virtual assistants on the program before. There's all sorts of different ways that you can outsource for a very small amount of money and get really high-quality people yep. who love to do that one thing, right? There's no excuse for the talent, but... There isn't. Yeah. But there is an excuse for this next one, which is the know-how but. And oh, I yeah. think this is, we're, we're probably going to hang on this one for a bit, but this is one of those other things that are holding you back to your next level of great success is know-how. Where, where's your brain at with this? We talk a lot about this and I, you know, I presume there's lots of repeat listeners here, but if you don't know what to do from a marketing perspective or from a financial perspective, as far as like your, your books, your own books, not financial planning, but your own finances in your business or practice management, you know, any of those things, if you don't know where to start, like if you've just never been through this before, you got to figure out somebody who has, and that can be really tough because there's a lot of specialists, I'm air quoting that, gurus who will tell you all kinds of stuff. What you have to be able to do is filter through what they do, look for biases, which is, hey, I'm a social media expert, so I'm going to do social media for you. But there's nothing else they do for you or nothing else they understand. Or what's a good example from an operational perspective? Like just, you, ha you can't hire people who only work and see the world in silos. So find somebody who sees the bigger picture of what you need done and look and listen and make sure there's common sense in their approach, mm -hmm. right? So find somebody who can teach you the mindset and the strategies and the ideas that you need and leverage them for that. And sometimes the best people to do for that are people that don't do those services. They'll just point you in the right direction, mm -hmm. right? We're working with somebody like that right now. It's unbelievable what they're doing for, for our, our company, right? I'm talking about Rob. Mm-hmm. So Rob just a lot of times goes and finds other people to do the work. He's not doing it. We're paying him for consulting on it. And then he goes and brings the team together and gets stuff done. I mean, it's, it's wonderfully synergistic. It's incredibly efficient for our time. And he's already got the network and the know-how. So think, you know, then you just got to find people that you can really trust who you think, you know, this is where you're looking for thought leaders, right? This is what you and, and running your own business want to be seen as too, is that go-to person that can help figure stuff out for people that they can trust. So go find people like that. Make sure they're not silo providers. When they're silo providers, what that means is they just do one or two things and they don't think about all the other stuff going on typically. So be aware of that. That's you know, it for number four. Well, and, and I just I want, want to touch on this too, because one of the smartest things that you can do, and we I've heard this a lot, and this is going to bubble up in some of the other butts that we have here but it's okay for you to say i don't know which really leads us into the next one so when when it comes to know how like i don't know how to do this or i don't know what to do it's okay to admit that to yourself it is okay for you to say that you don't know what to do or how to do something because that is the first step to truly opening yourself up to find somebody who can help you or make you have the the realization or you have to make that personal analysis 
on if you should be the person to do it or what Kirk's saying, which is to find a trusted outsourced person, which is the next one, which is experience, which really leads to know-how. A lot of people use experience as a but because they've never done it before. Yeah. So find somebody who's done it before. Yeah. Find somebody who does this all day long and who's done it for you know years because their experience is going to keep you from making the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. Oh man, there's a wonderful quote I pulled up last week. Do you remember that? One of the best things to do in life is to learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, yeah, like, totally. you know, how, I don't remember who it was from, but it's a great quote, completely butchered by me. <laughs> <laughs> it, but, it sounded really smart from whoever you stole it from. So, yeah, I know. It's somebody really bright, too. You know, it's going to come to you right when we get done recording. I know. Oh my know. God. This really leads to the next part. As a financial advisor or any kind, whatever expertise you're in, whatever business you're running, if people are coming to you, it's because you've been here and you've done it for years and it's all you do. And there's just, you're, you're a significant point of uh, leverage for them. Same thing here. Go find people who have a point of leverage for you so you don't have to make the same mistakes. Well, and any business owner really needs to find and do their due diligence on this. And, and once you do your due diligence and you find those strategic partners that you're trusted, that are trusted, then then that not, and that makes you have that super great deep bench, right? I absolutely love that. I love when professionals have a deep bench of resources that they can pull, which, which is great. Now, this next butt, though, Kirk, I think it's a double-edged butt. So it's a two-cheek butt here because it's expectations, because sometimes when you do get past some of the butts and maybe you do find somebody who has a lot of experience, that you're gonna have different expectations on them, but then you also have the expectations on the results of the outsourcing if possible. So break that down. Yeah. Well, expectations here is really twofold. The first one is you have expectations on what you think you need to get done for whatever it is you're trying to make a decision on. And, and those may or may, or may not be reasonable, and the second one is the person, if, if you decide that you're going to rely on somebody with experience, what their expectations, see the people with experience, they have, they already know, they understand the expectations because they've been through this time and time again. So they can set better expectations for you, which means you're more likely to be consistent, fall through with it, know what's coming, plan for it, right? That can be a huge impact on your business to understand the expectations and have somebody a professional set them with you. So find somebody with experience. They can really solve that expectations part of it too. As, as we know, most business owners expect to get re results way sooner with way less effort, and way less money and way bigger results sometimes. And that's, that's good to, to dream. It's just like when clients come, you know, if you're a financial advisor and clients come to you, they always want their cake and eat it too, right? Mm -hmm. You start there and you work backwards to the, to what the reality is. Having said that, if you get the right partners and certain things, the results can be can can be astounding if you stick with stuff, which is what most financial people tell people. Yeah. So that's the number six. So we're on to number seven. Number seven, that's which a big is one. the the fear of failure. I never realized how prevalent this was in business owners because most people who run businesses are okay with a level of risk. But man, I was really surprised at this because their biggest question is, is, well, what happens if it doesn't work? And they feel like that's like the end of the world. Psychologically, you know, the fear of failure is something that's generally put into your brain through experience. This is not something that's genetic. This is something that is experiential. So it's, it's nurture versus nature. 
And I really love getting people past fear. In fact, I think if there was one thing that I did well as a coach and a consultant, it was to get people past fear. And whether that was fear of trying something new, thinking of something in a new way, uh, giving themselves permission to do something, getting over fear. And I used to say fear stands for false evidence appearing real, because most of the things that you're, you fear are not real and they have not happened. And if you truly look at the probability of them happening, it's so low and you're paralyzed by something that has such a low probability that it's quite irrational. There are very, very few rational fears, like the fear of flying when you're not on a plane. That's just totally irrational, right? The fear of drowning when you're nowhere near water is entirely irrational, but people are paralyzed yeah. by these. So people take calculated risk with failure. Yeah. I think to a degree that's smart as long as it doesn't keep you from growing. Yeah, yeah. Well, either personally or yeah. professionally. Absolutely. And, and you know, what's funny, though, is some people will say, because this is, is fear, and this is going to go right into number eight, which is, you know, and, and I used to have mentors of mine who used to say that, well, Matt, you need to fake it until you make it, which is not genuine. And I think that leads to the fear of failure because you're not being genuine to yourself. But but number eight is imposter fear. And this is something I've personally struggled with because I think a lot of times when you do try to pretend that you're something that you're not, you can not only get into professional problems, but personal problems. I'm just going to use a personal example here. You know, when I used to work at the consulting company, we used to, you know, fly around on jets and I was eating dinner that cost more money than my, probably my car. I ended up wanting to be like them. And so I was making, you know, kind of ridiculous decisions. You have to stay true to yourself, especially if you're going to be a successful marketer. If you are disingenuous in the least, it's going to come out in everything that you do, especially if you're trying to create custom content. And it makes you come across as an imposter when you're not using custom content, when you're using other people's thought leadership and trying to play it off at your own. And I've said this a million times on the podcast, I'm going to say it a million times more. You, as financial services professionals, buy other people's market commentaries. That is the standard piece of information that you're sharing with your clients every single solitary week. And then you get pissed when they come in and all they want to do is talk about why you're not beating the S&P. You're an imposter. That's just what you are. So I think there's, it's interesting that you took this because I have a different perspective on ooh, it. Ooh, good. And so I think you're talking about it, the, the imposter, if you're not doing like authentic marketing, like that's true to who you want to be known as and all that, then you're, you're setting yourself up to, to look like an imposter. The other imposter fear that I know is that people are, don't have the confidence. They're worried that they're, they're going to look like a fake because they're not going to know this stuff. So in front of a microphone is a, I guess, creates a lot of, you know, imposter fear in, in, in people or it can. Um, certainly we have a lot of people who are working with us who don't have that fear, but sometimes, and this came, came up in a conversation recently with a, with a friend of ours. And I said, you ought to be podcasting like you are, you know, and they, and this is what they, they told me. And I don't think she'll mind that I'm sharing this because I'm not talking about her name, but she said, I, I'm having some memory challenges at times and I'm worried that I won't be good podcast because I see my, a good podcaster can recall, you know, phrases and books and dates and all these facts. And she says, right now, my, my recall is not as good. I'm like, well, have you heard me on a podcast? <laughs> 
I constantly, I constantly, oh, who's that name? Who's, oh, who's that quote? That was last week I pulled that quote together. And I can't, I mean, who cares? It's just, it's not my best quality. Remembering facts. I, I remember my friends used to be able to quote movies all the time, like these catchphrases. All I can remember is the ones that have been done a million times, like I'll be back, right? I'm bare, I'm horrible at accents or, um, it, right? But I can remember the ones that people say a million times, but my friends would be, I'm like, oh my God. And then they go back and forth with each other. I'm like, your, your memories are insane, but that's not my skill. So stop worrying about it. You don't have to be seen as, you know, intelligence isn't just one thing, right? It's so many other things. And this person is unbelievably smart and brings a ton of value. Just got to stop worrying about seeming like you're an imposter because you're not perfect. Yeah. Just get, you got to get over that stuff. So now we're on to number nine. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, so you've done bunches of writing on this. So I'm going to leave this to you, which is Frank and fit. What, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah, but but I can't add anything else to my plan. Like I'm already doing a whole bunch and okay, well, is it working? Well, it's it's okay. I know it needs to get better, but I just don't know where to fit it in. I mean, we call that Franken marketing in our case, right? So in your case, it could be Franken technology, could be could be Franken admin, could be Franken sales, could be Franken planning, whatever. It's like you got all these things. They just kind of evolved over the years. It's like, oh, I got a got an arm here. Oh, I've got a heart here. I've got a head here, leg here. I mean, I'm butchering this, but pardon the pun. So if you've already built something and it, and it isn't working, stop using that as an excuse not to add or, or start from scratch, start over. Like there's no better time than right now to fix whatever's not working. Right. So stop using I don't know where to fit it into my plan. If it's better than your plan, that's a problem. You gotta you gotta fix it. And that has happened to us a couple of times with with our strategy, where it's like, well, I'm already doing this and that, and I got two brands, and I don't want to get rid of either of them. So you know, I'm not sure where a podcast would fit which brand, and 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 it's like, you know, I'm doing you know Facebook advertising over here, I'm doing YouTube videos over here, and there's no, it's like what. It's like, it's an utter mess. They're paying all kinds, you're paying all kinds of money and it's not getting you what you want. It's activity and that feels good, right? Well, at least I'm doing something. Yes, thankfully you are. But sometimes just because you're doing it and it's complicated, doesn't mean you can't start from scratch. Anyway, I got a little emotional there. Hopefully everybody enjoys that. <laughs> I like it's Frankenfit. It's a mess. Totally, it, it's all over the place. But all it's right. no excuse to to not stop and get it right. Anyway, next. Well, let's talk about let's talk about topic fatigue, which you know I'm going to run out of good topics, and I, I want to actually put it on the other end, which is I don't know any topics. So let's just talk about when you are looking at marketing, this concern that people aren't going to know what to say. Yeah. So people can see start seeing our bias here for our company and what we do. Right. Frankenfit is about is. Well, that's, that could be any different thing, but we're, I spoke specifically about marketing. But topic fatigue is, well, this is based on on this wonderful quote by Seth Godin. See, I'm, I'm remembering this one from 2008. Seth said that content marketing is the only marketing left. So this is about marketing, but if you're worried about whatever you're going to pursue or make a change for, that you're going to run out of ideas and therefore it's not going to be a good idea to start it, don't let that stop you. 
in our case, it's topic fatigue, right? So we have advisors who think, geez, what, what's going to happen, you know, when I get, when I get 50 done, I don't think I can ever come up with a 51st topic or article or blog post podcast, whatever. Right. The truth is, is that there's, when you get into something, it'll always become more clear. When you understand how to get to 50 topics, you'll be able to get to 250. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, when you're, when you start doing something and you live it, everything within that gets easier, especially if you're working with somebody who's got experience and who can extract that stuff from you. Right. Don't worry about getting fatigued with your new thing, because if you do it the right way, it'll inspire more energy. And if it's going well, because you took the right steps to make whatever decision you, you took or made, if you write, make the right, if you follow all these steps and write the right, right decisions for the right reasons, everything will also fall in place. What about the last one here? Before we move into some of the solutions, what, what, what is launch delay? I, I actually, this is one of the ones I wasn't entirely clear on where, where your brain was on this. This is when you have so many, this one happens to me. <laughs> you have so many thoughts and it's like, well, what do we, what do we start with? So launch delay is, I don't know where to begin. I know I got to make all these changes. I know I got know I got all these things to do. Where do I start? Like, how do I create momentum? So launch delay is a, can be a real significant, but I just don't know what to start with. So again, this kind of goes back to some things we talked about earlier. Number five, is get somebody who, with experience on where to start. Set, you know, how you set expectations may impact what you start with. Let me give you an example. If, if you want to start a podcast because you need to get going on it and you want to create content, but your, your budget can't handle everything right now, but you know, it will be able to in six or 12 months, just start with the podcast, get some momentum going and then introduce other elements of promotion and things like that. Right. As an example, our bias showing through, think about ways that you can launch small and build momentum. And that can be a really powerful thing. So launch delay is, you know, can be a big issue. Well, now we need to talk about how do people overcome some of these things? So, so let's talk about some of our solutions here. Well, I'm going to tell you a story first. Okay. In our business, one of the things that Matt and I have done and Lisa have chosen to do is to not feel like everything that we need to happen in our company needs to be a full-time employee or a long-term commitment. For example, we need a new brand. We're so close to this, worried about being too close to it to do a great job for ourselves. We hire somebody. We need to have better financial reporting for our own business, we hire a fractional CFO. We don't need a full-time CFO. We got people to run the books. We just need to understand better what the stories of our books are telling, you know, what, what our financial reporting is telling us and organize that. We have currently a little over 20 part-time and full-time employees. We have 13 people who are outsourced professionals and experts who help us in certain areas on projects. Just think of that. It's been a huge, huge part of how we're growing without killing, putting a huge burden on our finances because we're only paying people for what they need, but we're not making mistakes as we grow. Well, we're making mistakes, come on, but <laughs> mostly mine, not yours, right? We're not making nearly as many mistakes. We're getting things done at a high level. All the mistakes that we probably would have made on our own, other people's expertise is keeping us from those. So here's the, here's the interesting thing. If you look at and think about when you outsource stuff and you pay a premium for that, typically, 
right? That premium covers off so many things and a lot of them are intangible. How much time are you going to save? Because they've done this a hundred times or thousands of times. How many mistakes are you going to avoid? Because they've done it hundreds or thousands of times. How good are they actually going to be at what they do? Like the, the actual outcome? Because they've done hundreds and thousands of times. There's so many things that come into play that take away the risk of any project you're going to do. Because if you hire the right people, you're way less likely to, to make mistakes. And th so the risk of all those things you're doing in your company goes way down. And guess what? You basically get everything done right, right out of the gate. And you're just, the momentum, you just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. It's incredible. And that's been the experience. And it's the way of the future. There are a lot of business books being written about how to run a business like this. It's not necessarily new to lots of people listening here. But think about how you can make it work for yourself. Mindset. Find people that can help you get the right mindset, the right strategy. Find talent that is just at the top of their game. You can afford them. Trust me, you can. Experience. People who have done this a lot, people who understand and can help you set reasonable expectations because they've already been there, done that, and they know what works. So the risk of failure is going to reduce drastically. So... If you're thinking about outsourcing, which you absolutely need to add to your strategy, there are four new buts to that because we've done this so many times with people and we've been through this ourselves. So the first but, Matt? I used to say this a lot. One of the things that makes a great financial advisor is their, their desire to control and be controlling, but it is a huge detriment to them growing their business. And that doesn't just uh, apply to marketing, it you know, applies to practice management, outsourcing, especially outsourcing as you know, our main solution for everybody listening today. Advisors are afraid that they're not going to be the ones who are in control of everything, message, quality of work, how they're being represented in front of other people. You know, Those are the new buts that once you get past these initial 11 buts, then you're going to have other buts that are going to keep creeping in that you're going to have to continue to overcome in order to grow a very successful business. Absolutely. Number 13, I kind of already spoke to this, but it's too expensive. And well, we both talked about this. So, so, but this is a reoccurring issue that you are always going to have to face. And when you're have unrealistic expectations on return on investment, you know, we believe that you should be looking at return on time because time is the only thing that you can't get back or make more of where you can make more money all the time, right? Well, most people can, you know, work hard to make more money if they possibly can. But, you know, when it comes to too expensive, when you're doing your analysis, and we've actually fallen into this, and we even talked about it today, one of our strategic partners who is one of our greatest costs, and we're talking about in-housing it instead of outsourcing it in order for us to you know, increase profitability and save our bottom line. We personally, Kirk, you, I, and Lisa might want to take a harder look at that because we might be butting ourselves when it comes to this instead of truly making a wise business decision. <laughs> weren't ready for that, were you? Absolutely. I mean, it, you got to figure out how to make this work for you. Once you get into it, you get, you develop a real knack for it, I guess. Here's the neat, really neat thing. I'm not sure I really expected when we started outsourcing the way we are, I would say three quarters. So let's say eight to nine of the people we're working with 
came started with two people. Yeah. And those people were so professional and had such a high threshold of professionalism that we, we garnered that they probably would only work with people who are like them because they would never work with somebody who was going to embarrass them mm-hmm. and, or that they have to answer for. So as it turns out, they've been huge. We've kind of infiltrated their network, if you will, of professionals, and that's gone really well. Sometimes there's overlap with people they know, but then that actually gives you even more options. So that has worked really well. The 14th but is trust. This is um, can be a tough one for some people. It's, it's not a lot different. It, it is different than losing control, but this one, I a different angle is really about, can I trust that somebody's going to run this part of a project like I would? Mm-hmm. What's really interesting is if you find the right people, they might run it better than you would for yourself. Let's think about that for a second. That is a huge epiphany. Somebody actually might be more in tune and in touch and dedicated to your success than you. We've seen that. We've been, we've had people come back and add some value. Like they own this sucker. Like, like they, like they own our, our company, like our new brand Mm -hmm. conversations we have with about four or five different people who are doing work for us. It's unbelievable. They're as much in love with what we're doing as we are. And we didn't have to do any Jedi mind tricks on them, (laughs) right? People love to be part of stuff. That trust thing, throw that crap out the window. Yes. It just holds you back. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible, but anyway, number 15, see this one all the time too. I need results now. Yeah. And that's, that's that short sighted. And, you know, I've used the analogy of, you know, teaching my kids how to ride a bike a million times and I'm not going to go over it again, but it's taking that long view. Any business that you're in, even if you sell widgets or you sell your consultation or you sell your expertise, you've got to take the long view. If you gain momentum, if you continue to build that momentum over time, everything changes in your business. My favorite thing with results now, Kirk, is, well, I don't want to only market to this specific group of people or this niche or this niche, because then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose all of this other business. And that's just not the case. In fact, we are so squarely in people who run their own RIAs who, you know, generate anywhere from 500,000 to 5 million in revenue uh, who spend mar- money on marketing they're 7 to 10%, 7 to 14% on marketing. We're so niched. And I just got off the phone with a guy who works for a university because he loves what we do. Now, am I going to say no to this guy? I'm not even marketing to this guy, but he would be a perfect content creator because of his content, right? And so what you have to understand is you have to give yourself that permission, one, to breathe and allow it to work. And what drives me the craziest about this, Kirk, is financial advisors are always talking about the long term when it comes to asset allocation and portfolio management and and money management, but, but they don't even realize that they're making the exact same mistakes that their clients are making with their marketing. So I'm going to quote Alanis Morissette right now. Oh, wow. Fellow Canadian. Isn't it ironic that the people who want short-term results are there because they've never been able to, to focus on long-term results. So eventually long-term results become short-term results, right? Mm -hmm. 
So isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic that in the vertical, if you will, that we serve predominantly financial advisors and money managers, that they tell everybody it's the, it's the long game. Mm-hmm. It's the long game. It's the long game. It's the long game. It is. Why are you thinking about the short game? I'm not saying all advisors are, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a predominant, but yeah. Right. So isn't that ironic? Should we end our show today by playing? You know what? Isn't we, it ironic? Or I like big butts by Sir well, I was just going to say, I cannot believe we, we're one showing our age ridiculously here with the two songs that were really big hits when you and I were probably in high school, Sir Mix-a-Lot and then Alanis Morissette. And by the way, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Sir Mix-a-Lot was not a Canadian. I just want to say that out loud. But anyway, what a great way to finish it up. Isn't it ironic? And think about all of these butts. These butts had so many cheeks that you can't even keep track of all of the different cheeks that we just covered because you are consistently putting up resistance to something that you know inherently is the right thing to do. Whether that's outsourcing it to take care of your operations, whether that's outsourcing it for your front desk, whether that's outsourcing it your money management, whether it's outsourcing your marketing, you know that this is the wave of the future. The gig economy has been here. It's been here for a long time. You don't have to hire people full time. You can hire people for projects. You can hire lots of people who are part time who maybe want to have a couple of other gigs because that's just the way things seem to be working. Things change. And if you continue to use the word but, that's where you're stopping yourself. You have to get past the butts, kick the butt in the butt, get it out of here, realize what butts you are giving yourself, and then overcome those butts. All right, everybody. Well, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you don't mind giving us a review on iTunes or any of the players would be fantastic. We'd love to get your feedback. And of course, that helps us out, get our word out more and more so we can rise above the noise and truly be their own loud. Well, thank you guys uh, very, very much. And here's the thing. Go back and listen to this a couple more times and write down and identify what butts you have, because 2021 could be the greatest year you've ever had if you can just get the butts out of the way. For everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Haller and for Kirk Lowe, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.